It's time for your weekly trip inside the ropes and behind the scenes of the Australian golf industry. Welcome to another episode of the Australian Golf Show with Tiffany Cherry and Mark Allen. Welcome to the show. It's Masters Week around the world, arguably the best week of the whole year, at least in golf. And we're all over the events at Augusta National in Georgia with the show today. We're having a Masters special on the Australian Golf Show. You're hearing a different voice today. Tiff Sherry's unwell. Uh, best of luck to you, Tiff. We hope to have you back next week. Uh, today we're going to speak to our man on the ground at Augusta National, Michael Warner from the News Corp outlets. He's there as we speak, uh, maybe even stalking the Tiger. The Tiger Woods story is uh, going around the world. We're expecting him to tee it up for the first time in a four-round tournament since his car accident in February 2021, just more than a year ago. We'll hear from Lucas Herbert, one of the three uh, first-time Masters participants among the six Australians and undoubtedly a favourite of this show. Plus, we'll cover all the golf news from around the world, including Ash Barty's win at Brookwater, Kirsten Rudgley's big moment at Augusta and mm. plenty more. Mark Allen's here to help me through it, former touring pro and radio guru. Marco, you've been to Augusta many times. Yes. How special do you regard it? Uh, very special. And get well, Tiff, uh, if you're listening. Um, yeah, it's an amazing place. Uh, it's the cathedral of our sport. Uh, when people, you know, people make the, the effort to go there at least once in their life, the people, you know, if they, if they don't, then it's always on the bucket list to get there. Um, I, I took people to Augusta for 12 years in a row. Uh, big groups of people all the time. And the reaction when they get there and walk through the gates and, you know, the stories that they would tell each other uh, in the bus on the trip on the way home. You know, every single year you would just sit in the front of our bus and you would just listen to the people's first thoughts. You know, it wasn't even the tournament days. It was a Wednesday or a, or a practice day or whatever it was. Uh, and it's the same thing. It is, it's like they're transported back to being six or seven years old again and it's Christmas morning, such as the excitement. So it's, a, it's, an, it's an amazing place. Uh, there is a, a budget that you just cannot step over. It is just there is no money is not an issue, um, and, and they put on a tournament like nothing else. So practice days, they get forty thousand in there. It's outrageous. Everyone's orderly. No one's allowed to run. It is outrageous the amount of people they get there on a Monday at the tournament. Tuesday it lights up. Wednesday, that is the celebration of golf when you've got the par three championship, and it is a championship. Some people take it seriously. Some people don't play. Hello, Tiger Woods. I think he's only played once or twice. Um, the way, the, the way it's run is, is ridiculous, but can I just throw something back to you? Uh, what we've seen the last few years with the Augusta National Women's Amateur, mm. I, I think that is one of the greatest things that this uh, organisation's ever done. Now, we, we've seen the Asia Pacific Amateur Championship and you know players winning that and getting a, a game at Augusta and, and, and the RNA gets involved with that as well. But there's always been a bit of a, you know, why aren't, the women playing. You know, where, where's that tournament? Now, the girls have got five majors as it is, which is one more than the men. But the question is a very, very good question. Um, they haven't gone the whole way, Augusta. So two rounds at another course significant. and one at Augusta. Yeah, that's right. But the most important thing in their thinking, and this is from Augusta's thinking, is when girls were watching uh, Masters Week, they could never, ever say, ever, I would love to win at Augusta. Now they can. Now a young lady can watch Augusta. They can watch the Augusta National Women's Amateur Championship. And when they're 12 years old, looking at the telly, no matter where they are in the world, they can say, 
I want to win at Augusta. And that, that opportunity is there. So it's it's not a Masters, but it is something. And can we just congratulate Kirsten Rudgley, who has been a hot topic on our program for a long time. For her to shoot 72 in her first go-around at the golf course and finish tied for eighth. Um, well done well done to Kirsten, who's on a plane on yeah. the way home. We were trying to get her on the on the show this week. We'll actually try and grab yeah. her next week. It's the best result by an Australian. Oh, it is. And look, coming from Australia, we, we just don't have the pedigree of tournaments that they do in America. So many of the – like the, the, the young lady who won it, Anna Davis, uh, she's from Southern California, left-hander. left-hander. She's only 16 years old. It's only her second year in high school. There's only four years of high school in America, so it's her second year of high school. They call it a sophomore. Um, her pedigree for playing tournaments, she, you know, she's been playing four-round events on pretty good places, uh, pretty uh, fabulous golf tournaments her whole life. Mm. It's so different from the junior tournaments that we see here in Australia. Um, a lot and, of match players. Uh, oh, absolutely. It, they, they just become tournament-hardened at a very young age. You know, for instance, when we saw Charlie Woods playing, um, in, in, Charlie Woods is the number 80, or he was at the time, the 80th yeah. under 13 in Florida. Not in America, mm. in Florida, just to give you an idea of the competition levels that they have in that country. So for an Australian to go over there at a young age, still an amateur, and perform well on their you know, on, on their dance floor, it's pretty incredible. She's got a big, bright future ahead of her. Well, as I mentioned, it is a Masters special today, and we'll have a, a little chat to Mick Warner in a moment. But just uh, to run through the news of last week, there was a women's major at Rancho Mirage, Mirage in California, the Chevron Championship, uh, and Jennifer Kupcho from America won that. She actually dominated the event. What she win by in the Ended up winning by two, uh, but was never really... She was threat. miles in front at one stage. Uh, she got as far as five or six in yeah. front. Hannah Green finished in the top ten again. Yeah. Um, a good result for her. She's playing really well at the moment. Very, you know, it looks like she could win one soon. Minji Lee was only just yeah. outside. She started well then, had a flat patch yeah. in the middle. Uh, but Kupcho won that event. It's the last time that event's being played at Rancho Mirage. Oh, you're kidding me. Uh, they've taken it. They've chosen to take it away to Texas from next year, which means that the, the great tradition of the winner jumping into Poppy's Pond, which is yeah. beside the 18th Green, which is a fantastic yeah. tradition every year. The, the caddies go and mum and dad might go. And I mean, Ka- yeah. Kari Webb in 2006 won that event. What did she do on the last the hole? Uh, she holed out for Hold Eagle. a pitching wedge for Eagle on the last hole and then jumped in the water. She did. And uh, so that event is being taken to Texas. It's caused a lot of controversy yeah. in the golf circles, and not surprisingly, really, because it seemed like a perfect fit. But for whatever reason, they've, they've decided to do that. So six Australians teeing it up at Augusta. Marco, which one out of those do you fancy the most? We're going to have a listen uh, to Lucas in a moment. Yeah, uh, I can't wait to see. I, I think the golf course suits Lucas's game more than all the other players. Uh, whether it suits his uh, experience levels at the golf course is a totally different thing. Although we've, we've seen, you know, incredible performances by first-timers at Augusta. Um, Cameron Smith's uh, the, the obvious choice after what he did at the Players' Championship. And what is he still number six in the world? I think he's around there. Anyway. Yeah. He, he's the obvious choice. Uh, and he's also come second uh, in recent history as well. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's too hard to go past him as, as, as the favourite to be the leading Australian. I agree with you. I think Minwoo Lee's not playing well. Uh, Lucas Herbert's never played there. That's always tends yep. to be a bit of a handicap. Uh, yeah. 
Cameron Davis has never played there, but may well play okay. Mark yep. Leishman might be a, a little smoky. Yeah, Leish, he has Jim. played well there. Yeah, absolutely. When Adam Scott won in 2013, so nine years ago. And Adam Scott always plays there, well there. Yeah. I noticed that Adam Scott's put a tailor-made driver and three-wood into his bag, having used Titleist for years. Uh, his entire life. So, yeah, if we're watching closely, he's no longer a Titleist player. Uh, so he's free to go and use whatever golf clubs he wants at the moment. So he's experimenting with tailor-made. Um, which would be unusual. You know, we've just always seen him in foot joys and um, Titleist golf clubs. It is. It's, it's, yeah, it's 21, This is move. his 21st Masters. Yeah. And, and Adam Scott, just with his clubs as well, he doesn't use the latest and greatest uh, blades from Titleist. He's been using these blades that he's always Old, used. Older brand, yeah. older style. I was at uh, Augusta working for Channel 9 um, in 2002. It was Adam Scott's first, and he came finished tied ninth. 10, yeah, he came, yeah. finished tied ninth. So uh, his game incredibly suited to Augusta National. We're going to have a short break now, and we'll be back with our – Guest, Mick Warner from the Herald Sun. Welcome back to the Australian Golf Show. And our cherry-picked guest this week is right from the grounds, believe it or not, Augusta National, Marco. We've gone right to the man on the ground. Michael Warner from the Herald Sun and the News Corp newspapers has got the awful job this week of covering the Masters at Augusta (laughs) National. Uh, I'm sure you're working very hard, Mick over there, uh, but you're not going to well, get that... any sympathy from us or anyone else. <laughs> As you know, having covered this thing, Gazelle, this is not actually uh, a walk in the park. They're long hours, 15-hour days. The time differences doesn't help, but uh, absolutely love it here. haven't slept for three days, so I don't make sense. That's why, apart from the fact that I sometimes don't make sense. Now, Mick, I want to get this out of the way early because uh, what <laughs> happens over there for the media people is they put their name in a hat. And at the end of the week, if your name is drawn out of that hat, you get to play Augusta on the Monday. Somehow, and you, you lucky, lucky, lucky man, uh, the first visit over there, you got that, didn't you? How, what was Augusta like playing it? No, it was my second visit. I've done two Masters before this. 2013, who won that one, Marco? Mm-hmm. Adam Scott. Yes. First Australian of all time. And then 2019 was my second one. Who won that one? T. Woods. T. So, Woods. Look, I've got, a, I've got a pretty good feeling Impressive. that maybe I'm a lucky charm. We might get a Rory McIlroy this year. But uh, I did play Augusta that year, and I played it in 28 shots over the card. Wow. Doesn't matter. Break 100. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You won't say 100. You, you no, won't say you shot I've got you covered that. I've got you covered there. I shot 98. <laughs> if I had my own clubs, it might have been 95. How about oh, you? But anyway, excuse. I'm the only bloke in the room who hasn't played Augusta. <laughs> I know. Well, We're a couple of hacks. <laughs> and unfortunately, you've got to wait seven years, don't you, uh, guys, to yeah, they, get back in that ballot? They cancel so you out of the ballot for seven oh, years. Oh, good. That's exactly that, right. That hey, mate, sense. are you actually – are you down in – you are at the course, aren't you? Have you been stalking the Tiger? Because that's – I have. It's just a I, huge I, story, the return of Tiger it, Woods. It's insane. I got here this morning and, uh, like, a week ago, I was not expecting Tiger Woods to even be here. Mm. And it's just flipped the script, hasn't it, on the – tournament it's it's all anyone's talking about looking at i went out there today in his practice um round with jt and the great freddie couples and there were literally 20 30 deep in mm. the galleries on a monday we're still mm. four days out from the tournament he no one moves the needle like tiger woods and you know he's what 46 coming up 47 near nearly on the senior tour 
And I, you'd have to say, apart from Michael Jordan, I can't think of an athlete in my lifetime who is as uh, ha, has such a an aura, such an awe. And uh, you know, having been here in 2019, obviously he's playing a lot more golf that year in the lead up. I, I just can't see how he can possibly be in the mix on Sunday. But um, just the mere fact that he's here after that car accident, 13 months on, is. Uh, just another chapter in this phenomenal golf career. Mick, uh, I've been watching Twitter and there are people who I trust in the uh, Twitter sphere who are, who are putting up pictures and, and talking about the way that he's hitting the golf ball. Apparently on Sunday, he hardly missed a shot. Some of the pictures I've seen of the way he's swinging the club, I'm happy to say that I've never seen him in better shape just uh, as far as his fundamentals are concerned. There's there's a picture going around at the moment. I think Brandall Chambly tweet, tweeted it out. And it's uh, from front on, and you can see his shoulder turn. Now, this bloke's had 107 back mm. surgeries. He's had a fusion as well. And as far as I can tell, his flexibility is as good as it was when he was 22, 23 years old. You're on the ground over there, Mick. What are people saying about the way he's hitting the ball? They are all saying that, and uh, Evan Priest was over here. I, I didn't see him on the range yesterday. I saw him this, this morning, and it was unbelievable. But everyone says oh, they're hitting it well on the range. I've never tell me a time you saw guys of this level actually hit it badly on the range. They yeah. all seem to be pretty, hitting it pretty that, well. That's a really but, good point. Look, the, the, the issue with Tiger for me is the way that he's walking around. He's limping. It's a very noticeable favouring that right side and uh, it's not the way that strut that he had for so long mm-hmm. he's, he's clearly incapacitated in some way having said that we know he won a, the US Open on a what, what he had a broken leg and an ACL or something so pain's not right. an issue for him I just think it's got to be the, the lack of competition but um, I interviewed Steve Williams his caddy for 13 of his majors the other day and he said he thought Cam Smith, and we'll get on to Smith, he would win this week. And he said he thought Adam Scott might feature as well. Uh, and then he said he can't win. And then he said, oh, hang on, actually, he maybe he can because he's Tiger Woods. So, look, he, the only person in the world that could possibly turn up having not played since November 2020 and, and uh, be in the running on Sunday. But the whole tournament is all about Tiger Woods, and it's quite extraordinary when you think about you know, the, the rest of the talent in the field. It's incredible the focus, Mick, isn't it? I, I was reading yesterday on one of the websites that he's got a different pair of shoes. He's wearing Foot Joy <laughs> shoes after, I think, tw- 25 years of wearing Nikes, uh, which is all about protecting his, his leg. 1996, I think Nike paid him $40 million a year. They went into a deal, and he's been a Nike player for a long, long time. The fact that he's turned up in the practice rounds in Foot Joys that yeah. in, in our world, in the, in the golf world, that is one of the biggest stories that you'd ever see. That he's well, well, it's it, everywhere on the websites. Just that he's got a different pair of shoes. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's unbelievable, isn't it? But even today, he he looked a bit, bit sheepish with Freddie Couples at, at the the way the crowd was reacting to him. And now he's been used to it his whole life with. with um, wasn't you telling me, Marco, mm. that he saved a couple of shots a, a year with the with the galleries? He just bombs it in there and it comes out onto the green. But he, um, even today on a Monday, I think he was thinking, "Wow, this is imagine what it's going to be like yeah. on Thursday." Of course, he's saying it's a game time decision, um, but I think you can put your house on it that uh, he's going to play 
Yeah, 100%. It's interesting you say he's a little bit sheepish with the way the galleries have been treating him. You know, ever since he came out with the worst apology that we've ever seen in the history of sports, that was just you know one of the most contrived things we've ever seen uh, in television. It's something I've got. He got a second chance. He's got a third chance and a fourth chance, and I reckon he must have nine lives, this particular cat, because he um, is absolutely – it's gone to a different level of adoration um, mm. right around the planet. What, what, what is it actually like walking the streets of Augusta? I mean, it, you must be able to hear people just talking about him every, every step you take. Yeah, he's a god, really, over here. And as you know, golf – uh, galleries or patrons, as they call them here at Augusta, are the most, uh, what would you say, educated on the game, the most respectful of any place you go in the world. Uh, and I think that's another reason that Tiger's come here is for his first event that he knows how much he's lauded here. But um, it is amazing because when it starts, as I said, there are plenty of other guys who you'd have to have ahead of him. Um, mm. I think your boy, JT, your yep. tip marker this week. He was playing with Tiger today and he was, uh, as I said, I've never seen a bloke on the professional tour warm up badly <laughs> on the range, but he, he looked pretty good as well. So, And uh, I'd like to see personally Rory McElroy, although he was uh, he was spraying it a bit today. That's your one, two, three, though. If Rory McElroy can win this week and complete the career grand slam, then you've nailed it. You've got the Adam Scott, you've got Tiger Woods' comeback win, and you're going to see a career grand slam. So that'd be great for you. Hey, just well, move- I'd take Smithy over Rory, I think. <laughs> uh, can we move on just a little bit from Tiger Woods? Uh, there's been some course changes. So 11th yes. change has gone back a bit. Uh, 15 has changed, it's gone back a bit. And they tell me the 18th tee has gone back again, which seems impossible to me. What are the players saying about some of these changes? Um, are they talking about them? Oh, yeah, absolutely. 11 is unbelievable. I mean, it was already probably the hardest hole on the course, 11. But they've what they've done is they've pushed the tee back. You know, Mark Leishman was saying, I spoke to him the other day, that, that you can, you know, you're hitting seven and eight irons into that hole now. So that it was, sorry, that was 15. But he was saying that 11 was, with the, with the distance, it was a little bit easier than it had been. But now what they've done is they've moved, push that tee right back and to the left as well. Yep. And then, you know, where Tiger hit his uh, drive in 2019 when he went on to win it to the yes. right. Sort yeah, of on sound that, into the tree line almost, on the right. On that tree line. So that tree line is no longer there. It's actually grass. So where, where Tiger landed would now be fairway. But what they've done, and they've taken quite a few trees out, they've left a few, three of them, um, right in the fairway, but they've sort of changed the contours and also the protection around the green. So they're almost inviting the, the players to try and hit it out to the right there, but there's a lot of trouble there as well. It's mm. fascinating, the little the little changes that they make here. And 15 as well is longer, um, about 20 yards longer. And again, they've just changed the landing spot of that drive. So um, just makes it a, an even better golf course. Oh, I love it, Mick. I, I, the changes to 15 had to come in. Like uh, Leach said, you know, yeah, plays it seven irons in. Saying, yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, yeah. it, it needs to be a long iron or a fairway wood into that hole. But on 11, um, they've made it to where as far, the further right you go, the easier the shot is in. But also, they've given you the opportunity to take a risk if you've hit it a little bit too far right. So you'll have to draw the ball around the tree or cut a ball around the tree from grass 
with that little pond uh, on the front left. So it, it makes for really good viewing. That What Mick's talking about, when he Tiger hit over there in 2019, a lot of players were a lot of players were chipping out just short of the green. This kind of forces their hand a little bit to where they have to take a risk. So I, I yep. absolutely love what they've done at, at 11. And also, where Larry Mize, we should all hate eleven Australians, yeah. where he, he chipped in, of course, against a shark. That 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 area where Mize hit from is now completely different as well in terms of it's a lot more undulation. So oh. um, they're always tinkering mm. the green jackets here, but it is just an incredible part of the property down there in eleven. Mick, six Aussies in the field, including three who've never played uh, in the Masters before. We'll have a listen to Lucas Herbert in a minute speaking about that but uh have you had much contact with them yet being monday night yeah well yeah I, i've spoke to to lucas after he came and played uh here a couple of weeks ago and um obviously he's loved loved the place and said what everyone says he comes here for the first time it's a lot steeper than you think he's quote to me was it's like a golf course stuck on the side of the hill um interesting too talking to lucas about his interactions with the the late shane warne they met at the Alfred Dunhill about three years ago and Warney over some pizzas and some red wine one night. What a surprise. To talk to him about, you know, mindset. But he's actually taken on board he, um, what Warney said. And, and Warney was actually one of the first to text him when he qualified for, for the Masters. And he played pretty well in match play. I reckon he'll go all right. Cam Davis, Cameron Davis yesterday was playing on his own. Mm, uh, on the back story. nine on, on the Sunday. And uh, there's a bit of traffic, and the guy behind him playing on his own said, do you mind if I join you? And he said, no worries, and that was Tiger Woods. So, <laughs> Incredible. That's uh, awesome it, for Cam, isn't it? Uh, let's have a listen to – Mick, let's have a listen to Lucas Herbert, who went up to Augusta a couple of weeks ago with Min Woo Lee just to check it out, as you're allowed to do as a, a participant in the field. You can go up there and practice. And uh, Lucas explained what he felt like when he turned up. Um, yeah, it was good. I mean, it was just good to sort of feel like when I turn up this time, I'm going to know where the clubhouse is, where the car park is, where the driving range is, everything like that. I feel like you've at least been there before and taken the edge off it a little bit in terms of the wow factor and just, yeah, there's just a lot to take in. It's a big, obviously a big property. Um, pretty amazing what goes on. It feels like, um, I don't even know. Like it just there's it's like there's a it's like it's a botanical gardens and you start wandering off into trees and you're like I don't even know what I'm wandering in here, uh, what I'm wandering into. Here. It could be Narnia, it could be all sorts of things. So um, yeah, it's just a cool property. So it was like good to good to kind of get that out of the way um, and just good to kind of get your head around what the you know green complexes look like and what some of the tee shots look like and. Uh, it was actually really good. I felt like the golf course suited me more than I expected it to. I was concerned for a few shots there that I was going to, you know, probably just didn't suit um, the strengths of my game, but it actually wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be for me. I thought, it, uh, I thought it actually suited me reasonably well in a lot of, uh, in a lot of ways. Yeah, interesting, Marco. I mean, the wow factor, he speaks about the wow factor. They're getting the wow factor out of the way, but it's going to be, 
Yeah. It's, it's easier said than done. It's very clever what uh, Lucas has done. So many Australians. I remember Aaron Bedley uh, years ago. He ended up playing about six or seven full practice rounds before the tournament even started, more himself down uh, in his own admission. Uh, Mick, it's, it's going to be interesting now with Tiger because what he's always traditionally done, if we go back to Tiger, is he's only ever played – he played 18 on Monday and or, or 18 on the Sunday and then nine on – Tuesday and nine on Wednesday, and you really don't get much of a chance to see him if you've got tickets for Tuesday and Wednesday. Is there any understanding of when he is playing the next couple of days? Well, the the issue for Tiger and maybe everyone, but particularly Tiger, is that it's good, it's bad weather forecast for Tuesday um, rain, and I don't think if, there's, if it's coming down heavily, you'll see him at all. Certainly on the course, um, and then Wednesday, I sort of was hoping that uh, probably wishful that he might have played that with his son the par three tournament but mm. i don't think that's where tiger's mindset goes on uh, no. at augusta is it so um yeah but he, he's definitely got a different preparation um expect to see him a lot on on the range but i, I know there's some people saying oh will he or won't he I, i've got no doubt personally that he'll he'll play talk us through your work week uh mick where he's staying and uh you know how do you oh. how do you find augusta the town i, I never was i'd a rather great rap not for talk it. about the digs that i'm staying in mm. but um not five star from that <laughs> it's uh it's, it's long just, days uh, isn't it for, for a journo there i mean uh as i said i'm not going to give you any sympathy at all but it is long days because of the time difference you've got to finish yes. get everything finished mm. uh by the night time because if you wait until you get up in the morning the papers are yeah. all gone Exactly, but such is the quality of my hotel room that I'm happy to be here five this morning and leave at midnight and just use it as a place to recharge. But look, it's a incredible facility, as you know. The media centre is a far uh, different to, to the the old one that I went to in 2013. It's there's nothing uh, wanting here. Enormous um, screens where they, you can every golfer on the property. There's a as a note telling you where he is, he's on the putting range or he's so on you the can, driving range. you can watch any player at any moment, can't you, on the screen mm. at your desk? Yeah. But not only that, if you want to go and see where Rory is, it says he's on 13, you can make your way down and he'll be in 14 by the time you get there. So, yeah, it's an incredible place and uh, love coming here. But uh, <laughs> just, just finally, I just want to wrap up the, the tips. I was really interested to hear the Tigers' old caddy, Stevie Williams, and, and a very famous name uh, down our way, of course, caddy for Greg Norman and some of the best players in the world, Raymond Floyd, so many. I was really interested to hear him saying that Cameron Smith is his tip this week. I, I think uh, there's a little bit of expe- expectation factors on two players that are going to change the game. I, I think John Rahm coming in as number two instead of number one. Uh, it's only one spot, but it's a very important spot. I think John Rahm coming in this week um, with uh, not the number one in the world expectation on his shoulders is a real factor. And I also think he can turn the ball right to left with his three wood around the corners for those who think he's fade he's won't. Yeah, that's right. But fading the ball with the irons onto these greens is a huge advantage because he's able Perfect. to stop it uh, and drawing his three-wood. I think he's changed the three-wood into a bag that it helps him draw the ball around the corners. So John Rahm, for me, uh, is my equal favourite with JT, who I think he's got to win a Masters at some stage. Justin Thomas will win a Masters at some stage. It may well be this week. But I think it works against Cameron Smith a little bit as well. Coming off a Players' Championship win and the way he did it with the fanfare, um, he comes into this week with more expectation than he's ever had. So And no golf since. And, and, and no golf since. So that's another good point, Martin. So I, I can't see Cameron Smith 
He's not in my list of favourites. He's not in my top five, that's for sure, purely because of the different expectation that he brings into this week. Well, Some of the American journos in his press conference today were sort of saying, you know, trying to go down there, you're a bit of a party boy, do you have discipline to to win uh, a major, which he, he sort of, he has that impression, but I think that's just his laconic Queensland self. I was watching him yeah. on the range today, Mark. I mean, he, it, geez, it's a, it's a, I know he's not long. I think he's ranked 108 for distance this year, which is pretty much last on the tour, but he's, um, as Greg Norman said, when I interviewed him five years ago, he's probably the best pin high iron player. Yep. And that second shot here is what counts. And of course he's a putting machine. So yep. Um, and I reckon he liked the fact that people are sort of trying to mm. ask those questions of him. Do you drink too much beer? That sort of stuff. Um, because he's far more than that. So he has come uh, second as well. He has come second here as well, Mick. So Two years ago, yeah, he has. Yeah, in he's November. the only guy in history to shoot in the sixties, albeit being in December, different conditions when yep. DJ won. Well, Mick, it's been great to get a uh, a little bit of a sample of what's happening in Augusta this week. It's one of the best weeks of the year, if not the Best week of the year, and I hope you have a great week there. Make sure you smell the roses, or in this case, the azaleas. As you, I want those American journos to ask Mick about his party boy culture and whether that's going to affect his job well, this week. What I'm really hoping it's not a sort of Danny Willett, Charles Schwartzel type year, where we just get a yeah. a bit of a, a player who the planets align for that, uh, you know. Big years in England I mean, and South the- Africa, by the way, for, <laughs> but maybe not for us. Well, you've got a good history in this mix. So thanks for <laughs> joining you, us. We'll be back in a moment, Marco, with a bit of news. And as we go to the break, we'll hear a little bit more of Lucas Herbert talking about his chances of winning. A little bit of arrogance here from Lucas, Ooh, maybe, or confidence. Nice. I'm confidence. not quite sure confidence. which. Lucas Herbert. I think I have a lot of things going for me and a lot of assets to my game that I, I could potentially be a first-time winner there. I, I just think like the, one of the biggest things everyone talks about is the greens will be running at ten or eleven through the practice rounds, and then comes come Thursday they're running at fourteen, and all of a sudden you, the, the breaks on parts and where you've got to hit parts to get them to fall down to the hole is just so so different, and you need so much imagination to do that. And it's something I feel like is a strength of mine. I, I'm quite imaginative on the greens. You know, just like around, like short game wise around the green, I feel like that's a, a real strength of mine. I can I can hit pretty high long irons. So if you look at holes like 13 and 15, par fives where you're going to be coming in with long irons for your second shot, generally off a down slope as well. Um, that's where it's going to be a, quite an advantage to me because I can, you know, that that feels like a strength to me. And even like the greens have a very Royal Melbourne feel about them, which is frustrating because everyone said that. And I just couldn't believe it. And then I got there and you're looking at you're looking at the greens and the complexes and the way they're set up for the different pin positions. And you're like, God, this this is like exactly like Royal Melbourne in so many ways. Welcome back to the Australian Golf Show. Time for a bit of news, Marco. And off the top, I'm going to talk about the Australian Amateur Championship, which was last week at Cranbourne, just on the southeastern sub, uh, outskirts of Melbourne and uh, a Kiwi won the women's event, yeah. which was Fiona Azu Played from, some from Auckland. Too. She dominated one, one easily. Double figures on the par. Uh, yes. Yeah, and uh, well, previous winner of the New Zealand amateur as well a couple of years ago. So very, very good player, very steady and, and, and uh, really took them apart. But the men's event went to a playoff and we had a grandstand finish here, Marco. I saw the playoff and I saw the winning putt. It was absolutely brilliant to watch. Connor McKinney from Jundalup, just north of Perth, 
has won his first Australian Amateur Championship on the men's side with a 25-footer in a playoff. First playoff hole, the 18th hole at Cranbourne. It's a par four. Commercial sort of short iron shot to the front of the green. I had the uh, iPhone on it taking a video. Was that you? That video went everywhere. (laughs) By the way, it was a great playoff hole. A little short hole like that where anything can happen is a fantastic way of doing business. So well done to the organisers. So just to set the scene, uh, Jack Buchanan uh, misses the green. Jack Buchanan led that event most of the way through. Possibly should have won, but didn't. He misses the green left. James Hides from New Zealand goes over the back. Connor McKinney hits it onto the front of the green. Nice. Very safe shot. Uh, and then the rest is history. So he knocks it straight in. And uh, why don't we have a chat to Connor McKinney? Because uh, that is his biggest win. He actually won the previous week in Adelaide. Connor, welcome to the Australian Golf Show. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Hey, Connor. A 72-hole championship, normally match play. Uh, when you you know signed the entry sheet, were you disappointed it was stroke play? Were you hoping for match play? What were you feeling? Because we just didn't it didn't even factor in. Honestly, well, well, we uh, we played at Kiyonga last year as the the first seventy two hole seventy two hole event for Ozam. Yeah, but um, I'd say I much prefer much prefer a stroke. I'd, I'd say it just suits my game a lot more. I've had better success. So. Yep. Talk us through that putt, Connor. What were you thinking as you, you stood over that? Because I, I did set it up, but, uh, you know, James Hyde's uh, had chipped it onto the green already and was a long way away for par, so he's struggling to make par. Jack Buchanan chipped it up close and had a very good chance to make par. In fact, he might have been inside three feet. So were you thinking make? Or you, what are you actually thinking at that I point? Mean, I'd say pace was the most important thing. I was like, just don't knock it too far by. But um, I had had a similar part in regulation that I unfortunately missed from about six feet, and I just just misread it. But uh, in the in the playoff, I had the same line. I was just a lot further away, so I said, if I can just get it rolling over this, it's got a real good chance. And yeah, eight feet, out, I thought it was pretty good. Hey Connor, in the professional game, we always talk about form waves, and you know the best players, their their form waves is very very shallow. You don't dip from a from a good week. You won the tournament previously. When in the Australian Amateur Week did you think you had the ball going in the right direction again? Did did you know right from the start? Did you feel like your form had carried through from the previous tournament? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that was last week in SA was my first national championship, so. I came off a bit of a high, a lot of confidence. Um, I felt felt pretty comfortable going into to Ozam. Started off with a boogie three six under, which I guess kind of kind of settled it, settled me a bit. So uh, yeah, I'd say I'd say that. Now, now, Connor, you're 20 years of age. Uh, we'll get a bit of your your backstory, and our, our listeners today will will have detected a slight accent. Yeah. Now, you were actually born in Fife, which I don't know where the, the golfing heartland of the world is, but that's it's probably got to be yeah, it. Yeah, it's Fife. Uh, you were you grew up in Fife in Scotland. Uh, I'm not sure, quite sure. Maybe you came to Australia when you were around about 12, something like that. Uh, yeah. Fill us in on that. How, and what were the circumstances that your family came and, and lived in Perth? Uh, so I was yeah, 12 or 13 when, when we moved over. and we had, we had friends that already lived here. So we came to visit them on holiday it must have been ten or eleven. We really liked it, so we we came we came back home or went back to Scotland and 
decided to move over, I guess, a couple of years later. Pretty pretty simple. Pretty simple. And what's it been like? Yeah. How, you, you've represented Australia. You played at the Asia-Pacific Championship. Uh, so you've kind of – I guess you've, you're a person who's got two cultures, really, because the Scottish culture is embedded. I'm sure your family uh, speak with a deep uh, accent at home, and you do a little bit as well, but you've got the Aussie in you as well. Yeah, I got a bit – Bit of everything going on. I'm not not too sure. <laughs> uh, what's the process from here, Connor? Because you start winning Australian amateurs and other national selection events, um, and your name goes up in lights as far as golf Australia is concerned, and, and people who really follow the game closely. Um, you're a young man, but uh, you know turning professional all the way down here in the in the South Pacific, it's difficult because. Our Australian dollar, as you'd probably know now, um, coming from uh, Great Britain, um, uh, doesn't go too far overseas. So it's a big decision. You, you've got to time your turning of pro very carefully uh, here in Australia because if you go a little bit early, it can ruin you. If you go a little bit late, uh, sometimes the momentum's gone. What are your plans? Yeah, so I've got, I'm lucky to have a good good head behind me. Uh, my coach, David Milne, so he's he's been there and done that a fair bit. So it's... So. Good to have someone with a lot of experience to get me in the right direction. But um, plans as far as this year, I plan to go to Europe uh, middle of the year and play all the the major events mm. uh, for about for, the, for about a month or so. Then uh, get ready for Q school in Europe uh, late in the fantastic. year. Fantastic, good on you. So, being of European heritage, that's your preferred way to go. Clearly, rather than yeah, going to the states. They, I'd say it's it's a pretty good uh, breeding ground if you like. Uh, I know a lot of players like you look at as recent as Min. He's done. Min He yeah. started in Europe and he's working his way up. And uh, I'd say the course has suit me a little better. So, yeah, makes a lot of sense, Connor. Well, listen, thanks for for joining us on the Australian Golf Show, and best of luck for the rest of the year, Connor, the Australian Men's Amateur Champion. You know, uh, just before Connor goes. Um, it might as well be the Western Australian Golf Show, the way we're going at the moment, because so well, many good players are coming straight from Western Australia. Absolutely. And a shout-out to our friends at Sport FM who take the, the program as well. But, Connor, thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Okay, that's uh, our Australian amateur champion. What else is happening in the world of golf in this country, well, Martin? Marco Ash, Barty's got a few headlines oh. this week. Now, you, you were, you're a bit sceptical about this. Oh. Ash Barty won the club competition at Brookwood in Brisbane. Yeah. She's actually the reigning club champion, yes. along with Louis Dobler. Which is a mighty uh, achievement to win a club championship anywhere in this country. Are you uh, slightly sceptical, though? Uh, the size of the headlines would be somewhat... Yeah, the size of the headlines were I mean, it's, it's interesting that she... You know, I, I really hope that... Ash actually comes and has yeah. a crack at pro golf. I, yes. I'd, I'd love that to happen, and I think it, it may even happen in a, in a year or two. Can we give the details, though? There were five people in the comp. Oh, really? Just five. And she had 34 points. So she didn't play to her handicap. Off three. Off three. Yeah. She didn't play to a handicap of three. In fact, she shot five over, uh, and she beat the other four in the comp. So I'm not going to say that's a mighty performance just yet. I think maybe uh, we should start getting excited when she wins the Queensland Amateur Championship. When that day comes, Martin, yeah. I will be doing cartwheels for Ash Barty. But until then, uh, until she can win something significant... Well, you are without, a wet blanket today. Come without on. having excited, 30, mate. 34 points off three, 
no. Uh, I think uh, I think we've just got to pull our heads in a little bit. Uh, it would be a wonderful story if you started playing professional <laughs> think, golf, but we're, we're a fair way from it just at the moment. I think there's a little bit of confusion in some of the media <laughs> reporting. Because, so talking about her actually winning a tournament, yes. uh, that was the word that got used. It was actually yeah. at the, the women's comp on Saturday. But And uh, apparently the golf course where she uh, does play was bombarded with people from the media wanting comment. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it got blown out of all proportion, unfortunately. Um, we're wrapped she's playing golf. We're wrapped that Ash Barty's a golf lover. Our fingers are secretly crossed behind you our back. That hopefully she, you know, really starts to improve soon and her three handicap becomes plus three. Um, uh, and then she starts playing in amateur tournaments and winning those. But just at the moment, um, we just wish her well with her new hobby. The Australian Junior Championships being played at the Vines Raynella outside Adelaide this week. Have you ever played there? No, I haven't, but I've seen pictures of the golf course. It looks absolutely brilliant. Stunning, yeah. So Jeff Guan, who's the reigning champion on the boys' side from New South Wales, is playing, trying to go back-to-back. Sarah Hammett from Queensland, Molly McLean from yep. the National and Rosebud in Victoria is 15 years of age, very talented young player. We saw her at the Athena. We did. Kai Kamulainen from Queensland's another very talented young player. So we're seeing some real talent stepping out uh, this week. And uh, I just wanted to ask you one more before I finish up yeah. the, this new segment about Scott Hend. Have you seen any tweets from Scott Hend this week about his recent troubles? Yeah. Oh, he's always worth a follow on Twitter. Oh, he's he? The, he is entertaining on Twitter. Uh, I think he's missed 10 cuts in a row or something. Nine. Nine cuts, Nine in, cuts a in a row. He missed in Doha last weekend. And it's cost him 50000 US $50. Yeah. He spent 50 this year in travel and expenses without earning a cent. Yeah, uh, and he's a very you good player when he gets this. up and goes, oh, yeah, absolutely. Pro golf, welcome to pro golf. It's meant to be beer and Skittles. It, it can ruin you. And th- this is what I'm talking about with the pathways down here in Australia. And this is why it's so important to build up an enormous amount of money. So if you can play well in Australia and get yourself minimum chips, 50000 Australian dollars. You need 50000 in your back pocket plus a couple of credit cards that are full. All set to go, you know, with another 20000 in credit. Because if you start missing cuts early, we saw Justin Rose do it. Justin Rose was a superstar player. Yeah. Going on to win majors, he missed the first 17 or 18 cuts in a row. Now, you just have to have money behind you. Otherwise, the money pressure gets too much. And we've seen other champion Australian amateurs get torched by money pressures. Um, so it's really important that we do have the banks, and that's why every professional golfer in this country should be just that appreciative of what's happening down at the National and everywhere else that we've seen, Martin. It's tough. So we're going to be back in a moment with Marco's Masterclass. Not sure what you've got in mind today. Uh, it's all about Tiger. Of course. And as we go out to the break, let's have a listen to a little funny question that came to Cameron Smith today at his Masters press conference, but more so about his lifestyle than his golf. When you practice with your friend or buddies, do you pull a little bit of money? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, not particularly. Uh, We'll we'll play for maybe a beer after the round or um, or lunch or something like that. Thank you very much. Good luck. Thank you. Gabriel. Follow on from this gentleman's question, what, what is your favourite beer in the world? Is it an Aussie beer? And if so, what's your favourite American beer? Um, yeah, I, I love a 4X Gold. Um, that's probably my favourite. Um, my favourite American beer would be uh, Longboard Lager. Yeah, Hawaiian, but it's American. Welcome back to the show. Marco's Masterclass. It's time for that. Marco, 
Uh, you're on, to, on about Tiger today. Who else could we be on? Uh, no, well, I, I try and do it off the back of somebody every single week um, and what they've done. Uh, but unfortunately, Tiger hasn't played this week yet at Augusta. But what he's done to get there is just outstanding. Uh, I just want to talk about flexibility in golf. I, at the very least, if you aren't doing some kind of backstretch in the game of golf, you're almost wasting your time. You're not going to be a consistent player. If your shoulders can't turn like they used to, if your spine gets too tight, then the only way you can make a longer backswing is for your arms to continue on when your shoulders have stopped. Yeah, that's right. Some of the pictures I've seen this week of of Tiger's um, backswing and his shoulder turn, it's as if he's 22 or 23 years old. Now, you just can't achieve that after after 58 um, uh, back operations and a fusion of his lower back. The, The amount of stretching he has done has got him in good shape. From all reports, his ball speed is 170 miles per hour. Uh, 176 uh, if he can get it moving a little bit harder if he wants to but I'm telling you folks if you love your game if you love golf uh, and you are past 40 you've got to be doing some kind of back exercise every day now I've been inspired and I have promised myself that when I get out of bed every morning for the rest of my life I'm going to do the old lie on your back and get one of the knee to touch the floor the opposite knee to touch the floor that's the bare minimum, I think, to, to, to have a long and healthy golfing life. So get that back stretch into your game, just like Tiger Woods. Fascinating to see how Tiger goes at Augusta this week. Thanks for joining us on the show. You can follow us on Twitter at AustGolfShow. Tell your friends about it. A shout-out again to our friends at Sport FM in Perth. And we'll talk to you next week.